Nosebleed Podcast. That is K-N-O-W-S Bleeds because we know what we're talking about, but we're broke. So we sit up in the nosebleeds. I'm Brandy. Over there, that's Kush. It's your boy. Wow, that was actually pretty good. You like harmonize and everything. Did you practice? Mm, a little bit in the mirror at home. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get this podcasting down. Yeah. It's kind of hard. All right, what do we have on the agenda today, Brandy? All right, so we got a lot to talk about. So you're going to hear a lot of our voices talking about a lot of different things. The first thing we're going to talk about is obviously the biggest thing that's going on right now in professional sports, the NFL. Trades, free agency. My favorite sport. Yep, my favorite sport too. Foosball. Foosball's for the devil. Foosball. Mama said that. That's weird. Anyways. (laughs) It's from Waterboy. Have you not seen Waterboy? Yeah, but I just don't remember it. Like, I don't remember it like that. Oh, I it's saw a classic. Like That's how you know football is my favorite sport. That's with Adam watched... Sandler, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's a great movie. I like... If you guys have not watched it, 10 out of 10 recommend. It is hilarious. Oh, that's where, like, he's with his mom and his mom. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I just don't remember that specific line. What was the one where they were all in jail? <laughs> You're definitely thinking of a wrong movie. They were no, not... not that movie. I'm thinking of another movie. What's the one where they were all in jail? Longest Yard. Longest Yard. That one's my favorite. Like, yeah, it's a good movie, too, with Adam Sandler. And then The Blind Side, also another good one. You gotta love The Blind Side. I cried. Honestly, Sandra Bullock, I love her. I'm a day Not one girl. Th- yeah. yeah. That was good. The Blind Side was a great movie, too. All right, well, anyways, enough about our lives. Back to the NFL free agency. So there's been a lot of, like, kind of crazy thing that's been happening, I think, with the fact that players like Le'Veon and AB kind of speaking up about what they want and, like, who, what kind of teams they want to go to and what teams they don't want to go to. I think that's had a lot of influence. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think it's cool, you know, having the power in your own hands. Even, even guys like Kyle Kuzma are coming out on Twitter and saying, shout-out to NFL players, getting their bag, ho- holding their power that they have to control where they want to go and how they want to basically set the rest of their career. Yeah, because, I mean, when you think about it, it's kind of stupid that they can't really have much input because before it was kind of like, oh, no, don't say anything because, you know, you want to be on a team. But now it's like, you know, no, that's, like, not fair. It's, like, players' rights, you know? Like, they're literally standing up for their own rights. And it's kind of – I think it's – now that's coming out, I mean, everybody kind of – I feel like I never thought about, like, oh, yeah, no, they deserve rights or, like, what do they want? Nobody really cares what the players want. But I think now with, like, social media and the way media is kind of changing things, like, doing, like, those, like – backstage like features and getting to know the players like they're able to speak out more and have their own platform which i think is great i do too but it also comes back to loyalty that's another question on the team side like antonio brown he was drafted in the sixth round which means all 32 teams passed up on him and no team gave him a chance except the steelers the steelers never gave him a chance would ab be ab that we know him to be today so it's like at that same time the loyalty factor kind of comes in too. I mean, I guess you could say the loyalty, yeah, because you've been with them the longest, but that's just kind of saying, like, okay, you're with an abusive boyfriend or girlfriend. Oh, well, I've been with them the longest, so, you know, they decided to date me first. Like, what's their loyalty? So I think it's kind of like that same concept. Because either way, I think AB, he's extremely talented. He would have been in the NFL anyways. Because there's lots of ways. You can, it's not just the draft where you could get in. You can also go free agency, teams scouting out and searching college players. Like, it's not just the draft. And that analogy is what you call a hyperbole. <laughs> that was intense, Brandy. Yeah, I can, I can get deep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah, the the Steelers, their whole situation is a hot mess. Yeah. Hot mess. I think, but I think it was funny that we kind of heard rumors, oh, that they were going to trade AB to the Bills. 
That was kind of funny. Oh, that was hilarious. Like, <laughs> it, I think it was more than just a rumor. Like, NFL legit made a post saying AB will be is expected to be traded to the to the Bills. And I mean, they came out. He's like, hell no. <laughs> yeah. Oh hell no. Oh oh oh. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, they're they're petty though. They're petty as hell. So, I yeah. mean, I could see them saying like, hey man, just do this for me. Like, because AB's trying to go to a better or whatever. He's trying to bounce out of here. And he talked a lot of shit. Yeah. There's sure. been so many memes. That's one thing I love about Twitter now. It's every time a new scandal happens or something interesting, there's so many funny memes. Nobody's safe on Twitter. Nobody. It's great. I love it. My favorite app. Okay, now moving on. Okay, so now the Jets situation. They got Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell deciding to commit to a team this year. Maybe he'll play, show up to practice. Who knows? And they also got CJ Mosley and... Keekly Assembly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, damn. Who would have thought the Jets? Oh, man. And they got a young quarterback in Sam Darnold. Le'Veon Bell will definitely help him out. Yeah. Definitely help him out. And they have some young receivers with Robbie Anderson, Quincy Nunwa, um, and they. I believe they signed Tyler Croft from the Bengals. Um, fact check me if I'm wrong, but I believe so. And, yeah, just Le'Veon. In the backfield with Sam Darnold, it, it's a pretty crazy duo yeah. that they have there. I've always been a big Sam Darnold fan. I just think that he's kind of never had the people surround the right players surrounding him. Now that we've got these key players, especially having Le'Veon Bell in the backfield, I think it's going to be really, really good. And hopefully somebody else besides the Patriots can be on top. Uh, <laughs> it's going to take a while, though. I mean, I'm not. I'm just, you know, jumping and eventually maybe like two three years once and then we all know once brady retires we're throwing a party i'm um, throwing a party at my house everyone's invited yeah because it's going to be an exciting time and we'll i help. think also what will help sam darnold is keekly assembly the jets only traded a fifth round pick for um the guard from the oakland raiders he used to play for the baltimore ravens you know he's a salt he's getting older he's up there in age but Still a solid, solid guy to have on the offensive line. Um, it's always good to have, a, like, a good, strong veteran player. With playoff experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on the other side, C.J. Mosley. Uh, very, very sad. As a Ravens fan, it is sad to let C.J. Mosley go. But he did get paid. Very, very well deserved. He was supposed to be the successor for Ray Lewis uh, in Baltimore. Baltimore was going back and forth with him uh, in the re-signing process. And then once free agency hit, which I think a lot of Baltimore fans was wor- were worried about, is if another team was going to offer him more money. And that's exactly what happened. And he decided to go with the other team. But as defensive-wise, that is a huge upgrade for the Jets as a middle linebacker. Having that field general in the middle of the field. Um, you have Jamal Adams. The youngster, safety, who's out of LSU, who's been playing solid, made his first Pro Bowl last year. And then you have Darren Lee. And then you have uh, Leonard Williams. So that defense is is scary. They could do damage. I think with the Dolphins falling out, Bills are the Bills, and the Patriots will always be on top. But I think the Jets can give the Patriots a run for their money and even make that wild card spot and do some damage in the playoffs. Yeah, make it a little bit more competitive for the Patriots the past decade. It's just been a kind of a cakewalk. Yeah, for sure. Now, moving on to the other New York team, probably the best news I've heard throughout this whole 
um, NFL trade going on. OBJ is going to the Browns. Now, I feel like if you're a Giants fan, you kind of only watch on Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays now to see OBJ. He's your guy because who else are you rooting for? Not Eli Manning, who, by the way, the, the Giants stuck with. You know, you want to root for OBJ, and now he gone. <laughs> yeah. They also said if the Giants just came out and said Eli Manning is their starter. Yep. That, they're yep. going forward with Eli Manning. Yeah, because, because <sighs> I think over the past five years, why not, you know? It's just a lot less stress. You know, you don't have to worry about the playoffs. Don't even worry about getting competing for the um, the top spot. So full tank mode. Oh, full tank mode. But yeah, Odell Beckham, he just and they just gave him the most expensive contract for a wide receiver in NFL history. Oh yeah. And then they were like, ah, deuces, you're out. I mean, for a first, a third, and Jabil Preppers, who's a young safety, but. Odell Beckham is hands down a once in a generational player. Yeah. He has the best hands I've seen from a receiver since Randy Moss. And God, have you ever seen like his pregame just warm ups, his one handed catches and stuff like yeah. that? It is amazing. And what he's a- been able to do on the floor, he's also a fast receiver. He uh he runs great routes. So I think now that he got traded to the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield has Weapons. Oh. Weapon. And I'm I'm saying this right here, right now. Baker Mayfield, MVP next season. I one hundred percent agree. Yeah. Now that he has the tools around him, it's no They no they still gotta beef up that offensive line, but you um, also you also can't forget <laughs> the Browns signed Kareem Hunt. So I mean look how, however however that happens, whether he is reinstated in the NFL or However that goes down, if he comes back, having a top-tier young running back, having one of the best receivers in the NFL, having one of the other best hands in the NFL in Jarvis Landry, having a young tight end in David Njoku, like, that offense is scary. Mm-hmm. Scary, scary. You know, I partied with Kareem Hunt once at a party. Well, not really. So we were in Vegas, and it was his cabana. Me and my friend just kind of like went and hung out with him and his friends and he was passed out like in a chair like sitting up like with glasses on just asleep did he kick any of you guys huh did he kick any of you guys no he didn't oh you guys got lucky i know right i saw his videos i'm like wow that could have been me (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i'm kidding but i'm not but i'm not kidding we actually did we were at his table but i mean yeah he didn't he wasn't he wasn't very fun not gonna lie but Going back to the Brown situation, I think that, I mean, look what they were able to do last year. Now they have even more weapons. I think it's definitely going to be exciting to see them and to see them come out. And now the Ra- the Raiders traded for AB. That's also another big news because AB's been all over. The receivers are all over the place. Yeah. Just moving. Honestly, good Top for them. Top receivers are not safe. Yeah. I, honestly, good for them. Like Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, like, they they deserve like to be on a team where like they're going to be appreciated where they have a chance to win. I mean, I think in the Brown the Browns like in a few years once like you said once they try to build up that offensive line, I think they're going to be pretty hard to stop. Antonio Brown, yes, I understand he's 31, 30 or 31. Mm-hmm. He's getting up there in age. So yes, but Odell Beckham like he's still young. He's only he's 24 and and the Giants gave him the payday that he wanted and they just yeah. traded him. I don't I don't know. There I heard some speculation behind the scenes that he wanted to be traded yada 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 but still i didn't expect them to trade him because he's still a very young once in a generational wide receiver 
Antonio Brown to the Raiders. Is this the Derek Carr MVP revival? Because Derek Carr was the MVP candidate, what was it, three years ago? Mm-hmm. About three years ago, and then he went down with the injury, had him out for the season, then were at the MVPs. Uh, but adding a weapon like AB, I like it. Jordy Nelson on the other side, a little older. Um, and, yeah, <coughs> I like that. Derek Carr could step it up. I still don't see it, them winning the division over the Chiefs. I don't either. At all. Mm-mm. But, yeah. I mean, I think with all these, like, trades and free agency signings that we're talking about, I think nothing is going to be an instant. Like, you know, it has to – they kind of have to build up. But you never know because a lot of people – I mean, yeah, anything can happen in football. But if people get hurt, like, you never know. So now moving on, Nick Foles goes to the Jags. Big Dick Nick. Honestly, good for him. Big Dick Nick. Good for him. Yeah, um – Definitely a good move with the Jags. Um, a little on the pricier side, though. His contract on the pricier side. But the Jaguars, I think that quarterback position was a was a position that they needed so bad to get them over the hump. So, I mean, they were in the AFC Championship two years ago, and then all of a sudden they were one of the worst teams in the NFL last year. Lake Bortle, since 2014, has led the NFL in interceptions and turnovers. They just released him today um, after, obviously, signing Nick Foles. So, I'm excited. Leonard Fournette, Nick Foles, Marquise Lee when he comes back, D.D. Westbrook. They have a young offense over there, and their defense is one of the best in the league, the Jaguars' defense. So, mm-hmm. I think I don't think he'll have the offensive line that he had in in Philadelphia but the cool thing is for Nick Foles is that he will be reunited with the offense coordinator uh from the Eagles from the Super Bowl winning Eagles who's now the coach for the Jaguars so there's chemistry there so it won't I think that it'll be a very smooth transition you won't see any bumps if the coach comes up with the same or right game plan mm-hmm. um and that was probably a big reason why would kind of probably enticed him to want to go. Mm-hmm. To that, that definitely could have had a, deci- uh, a factor in his decision. Yeah, with a coach you trust, you know who's going to have your back, and we all know what happened with like, the Eagles situation. You're kind of going back and forth on the quarter- on their quarterback starters. But anyways. Uh, also, it was today earlier this morning, the Ravens made some big moves. Uh, well, after the Odell, Odell Beckham trade and everything and the Browns beefing up their pass offense the Ravens went out and signed Earl Thomas one of the best safeties in the league he is coming off a gruesome leg injury in where he broke his leg but the Ravens paid him he got paid uh but yeah but the Ravens have one of the best secondaries in the league and and this is a great signing for the Ravens especially after losing Eric Weddle who went to the Rams. Um, getting Eric Weddle, you have Tony Jefferson in the backfield, and then you have a load of young corners in, in Marlon Humphreys and Tavon Young. So I think with A.B. gone now, but they still have Juju Smith, so they still need good pass coverage against Juju Smith. And then with the Browns, the freaking Browns, Odell, Jarvis, all of them, like I explained before. And then A.J. Green who from the Bengals. So that division is tough. They definitely needed a beef up there. Uh, passing secondary 
which they rightfully did so. And then they also signed Mark Ingram to a three-year, $15 million deal. Um, Ingram was on the Saints before, was a valuable piece for them. They had actually, I think I would say the Saints had the best duo running back in the league last season. Um, but Alvin Kamara proved that he could be a four down, ba- three down back. And that's why they let Mark Ingram go. And they also signed Latavius Murray. So Mark Ingram to the Ravens, good pickup. Definitely a run game needed. We'll see how it works out. Yeah, I 100% agree. And we will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Enjoy this ad. Ugh, there's never anything on the radio. I know, they always play the same five songs. Wait, is it 6 o'clock yet? Oh yeah, it's Throwback Thursday. Turn it on. Tune in to Throwback Thursdays at 6 p.m. to hear top hits and my favorite songs from the 2000s, right here on Titan Radio. Okay, so now let's move on to the NBA. Now they're nearing the end of the season. We're now looking at more of the playoff picture. What's going to happen? Now I think it's funny because in the past, the Western Conference has always been dominant for the past few years. But now I feel like the Eastern Conference, they're kind of, I think they're, uh, I think they're going to be more, I think they're more competitive than the Western Conference is right now, especially with the top five teams. Yeah, um, the Eastern Conference at the trade deadline definitely buffed themselves up uh the top four five teams actually i would say five teams um i think the top five teams in the eastern conference are better than the top five teams in the western conference oh duh yeah minus the golden state warriors the golden state warriors when they want to be the golden state warriors they will in the playoffs and just run over everyone uh but yeah you look at you look at in the eastern conference milwaukee at number one with the best record in the nba 51 and 17, Toronto sitting in second, and both those teams have already clinched a playoff spot. And we're in the middle of March. There's still a month left of basketball. Uh, and then you have Philly in third, Indiana in fourth, which has surprised me because losing Victor Oladipo, I thought they would have fell off, but the team is holding strong together. Still in fourth place at top four, and then you have Boston at five. Um, very on and off for Boston. Don't know how they're going to do in the playoffs. And then you have Detroit at 6, 7, and 8. But, I feel, go ahead. I feel like Boston is who the Lakers would have been in that same situation if nobody on the play- Lakers got hurt. On and off. Up and down. I mean, I know injuries did influence it, but the, there's no you can't deny that the team chemistry is so off they can't even play together. And yeah. now we've got even more injuries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah. I see, I see where you're coming from. I can I can agree with that. Um but if you look at the top or the bottom 3 teams in the Eastern Conference, 6 or in the playoff picture, the 6, 7, 8 and even the 9th and 10th uh teams. And then you look at the bottom 3 in the playoff picture for the West, the 6, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th those teams are far better than the teams in the East, without a doubt. And that's why I still think that the Western Conference is a powerhouse rather than the Eastern Conference. Like, if you were to take the Lakers right now at 31 and 36 and put them in the Eastern Conference, they'd be half a game behind the eighth seed. 
which means that yeah. they still have a playoff chance. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. Then I think I think the the takes on LeBron and the Lakers would not be as ludicrous as they are now. Um, but yeah, I am excited for the playoffs. A month away. Super excited. Um, but speaking of the Lakers. Yeah. So Lonzo's hurt. Ingram's hurt. Yeah. It's just a shitty situation. So shitty. I mean, this is the story of the season. It just kind of started out really well. I th- honestly thought the Lakers were... I don't know if the Lakers were going to make it uh, very far in the playoffs. I think they were for sure going to make it to the playoffs, especially because, you know, LeBron, quote-unquote, doesn't miss playoff game. doesn't miss playoffs. Well, they were they were in the fourth seed before LeBron James got injured. Right. But they've th- just had injury bug after injury bug with Brandon Ingram, Rondo... They uh, they both come back, then LeBron, then Kuzma, then Lonzo, and Lonzo's just like it's it's bad, and then Brandon Ingram again. No, I I understand all that. Like you know, I know injuries have a lot to do, but they had some time where they could have you know got it together and then at least try for that playoff spot. But it feels like they kind of gave up. Especially, I think everything went downhill really hard after the whole Anthony Davis trade rumors and everything, because there's no coming back from that. I mean, how would you feel if you're playing for a team and? One guy who just got here is going to trade you for, every, for like, one guy, which I know the guys we're talking about is LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But, I mean, that's definitely going to mess with the team chemistry and it's going to affect the players. Like, they, they can't focus on a game as well as they normally would if they didn't have these distractions. For sure, and especially with a lot of these guys, and that locker room is crazy. You either have crazy characteristic veterans or you have very young players. And I think the fact that all the young players were – involved in that trade with the Pelicans and Anthony Davis it affected them more because they're not they're they're so young they're still getting acclimated to the NBA acclimated to being a professional athlete all that stuff so they they haven't fully understood that the NBA and professional sports in general is a business and no matter what it it's it's going to suck what but you have to go out and play your 110% every single night Mm-hmm. I feel like I know we just talked about football trades and everything, but I think that NBA, the NBA and the MLB, they're like the most most ruthless. Like they'll trade you in the middle of the season, and nobody, they don't care, which yeah. I think is a good thing and a bad thing because then you have um, players like well, then you have like you get this whole Lakers situation could happen, and then you have players who have been loyal to the team for a long time, but you know they're not performing, so you just trade them away. And from a fan's perspective, it's hard to see and it's hard to watch, especially when your team suffers after that whole thing happens. Exactly what you mentioned with the NBA and MLB. The N- I can speak from the NBA perspective. I think it's a competitive standpoint that NBA teams make, which I love. Like, if you look at the 76ers, they traded for Tobias Harris to try to make push them over the hump in the playoffs to try to win out the Eastern Conference so they can make it to the finals. Like, NFL, you don't see any teams making trades like that. Um, no, definitely not. But so that that's I personally like how you can trade or how often they trade players in the middle of the season to become more com- competitive, even if that means jeopardizing your future um, with, tra- with draft picks and all that stuff. It's the now, looking at the now rather than the future, which is I, – I love it. No, yeah, I think the reason why they – I mean, a big reason why they don't do that in the NFL because they only play, like – they don't play as many games. So they they don't play as many games as NBA freaking baseball does. Baseball plays like And I think there's games. also a lot more pr- positions. Mm, it's yeah. a lot more of a team game than the NBA right. is. Mm-hmm. So, like, you need that team cohesiveness, and, like, you need to know that he's going to be able to read your mind down the field if something you're in a tight spot. 
Now, speaking of veteran players, and we were just talking about LeBron James. He's on minutes restriction. I think that it's a good idea because you don't want LeBron to get hurt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, people are, I know people are saying, oh, well, you know, that's not fair, blah, blah, blah. Like, he should play out, whatever. But at this point, they're not making it to the playoffs. They're just playing to finish the end of the season. Everyone's hurt. We might as well not play your best player so he doesn't get hurt. And I'm pretty sure he wants this, too. And besides, he's got to focus on making his movie. <laughs> Space Jam? Yeah, Space Jam. Yeah, um, I I do and don't because I hate the whole thing about minutes restriction. But when you do have a player like LeBron, who is such a valuable asset, you do have to look towards the future, knowing that this is only year one of his four-year contract and that you have to shut him down knowing that and that's the part that sucks is that the lakers and laker fans just know they're not making the playoffs and that's why they've basically shut lebron down i mean it makes sense like what i mean what if he gets hurt you never know you never know this life is not guaranteed he couldn't even he, he might not even wake up tomorrow then what you never know. Jesus, Brandy, what is wrong with you today? Too much. <laughs> that was a little too much. Okay, this is, so this moving. Is dark side, Brandy. <laughs> Listen, I've been going through some things. <laughs> Just kidding. But okay, so moving on. So okay, now let's talk about the Clippers, the other LA team, seventh seed in the West. They do have a very young core. I think they have a great future ahead of them. And yeah, what do you think? Yeah, they have a very very young core. Shout out to the Clippers. Shout out to Jerry freaking West. Jerry West is the president of operations for the LA Clippers and um, he basically built that Memphis team with Mike Conley, Zach Randolph, Marcus Hall. Yeah, they didn't do a lot of damage in the playoffs but he still built them up from nothing. And more notably, he built that Warriors team with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. He built that team. So Jerry West is the GOAT when it comes to front office, Magic Johnson take notes. Rob Palenka take notes. Magic Johnson, please take notes because he's got two LA teams, the Dodgers and the Lakers. Yeah. Dodgers can't win a World Series, but at least we get there. That is true. Um, but with the young players trading Tobias Harris, not knowing if he's going to walk in the offseason and getting young assets back, Landry Shamit, And then, oh, once again, shout out to Magic Johnson, uh, traded to – traded – Zubak to the Clippers for peanuts, if that made no sense. Did not. And the Lakers really fucked up on that one. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Um, um, At least he didn't have to move very far. He did not. But he, he he's already he's been shooting shots at the freaking Lakers already. Talking about that this Clippers team is more competitive. You know, we actually like to go out and compete and win ball games, unlike the Lakers, yada, yada, yada. And I was just like, damn, Zoomy. I mean, we're the, all facts. I see no untruth. I see no lies. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the crazy part of the Clippers, which what was my biggest question coming into the season, was having such a young core, can Doc Rivers adapt? Because he's not known to be a rebuilding coach. He's known for the Celtics, Celtic days, championship contenders every single year. And having a young team where three of your starters are under the age of 21 with Shamit, Zubak, and uh, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So shout out to Doc Rivers. Um, he is very professional. He's a very professional coach. He's not one 
to kind of throw a hissy fit. He's very respectful. I think it's because he's been around the league for so long. Yeah, he's very well respected uh, around the league. Yeah. And rightfully so. Um, he could potentially be coach of the year candidate. I don't think he will win it because Milwaukee Bucks has a head coach up there. Yeah. Um, but speaking of coach of the year, let's, let's talk about our award predictions. Okay. MVP. I got James Harden. The beard? Fear the beard? Yeah. Are you kidding me? When he went 30 games shooting over 30 points? Yeah. Ridiculous. He, he went on a tear. Yeah, and he's a beast defensively, one of the best defensive players in the league. Like, crazy. What? <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> oh, man. You don't, he's not, is he not a good defensive player? No, he is. He, he's not amazing in my eyes, but steals-wise, yes. He, yeah. he does put up the steals numbers, and that's what I think he does get knocked a lot for, or not, not enough credit for is his steals. But, it, you know, some of his defense sometimes is suspect. So I wouldn't say he's an incredible defender. But it is suspect. But I, I get what you're saying. When, when it comes to steals, like, he does make those differences in late-game situations and stuff like that. Yeah, and he's a clutch player. Like, you can that, count yeah, on that him. That I'm not arguing with yeah, at all. you can count. That's what I'm saying. You can count on him in, like, the final minutes of the game. What you can count on is him getting to the free-throw line. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, if they're going to have if they're gonna have that penalty rule shot, use it. Use it. Yeah. Um, for my MVP, I'm torn. James Harden, yes, is one of them, but... I gotta give it to my man, the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, Giannis Phenom. is crazy. He's only 23. <laughs> I think that's the craziest part for me is that the fact that he's only 23. And the thing is, is we keep saying that LeBron's the best player in the league. LeBron's the best player in the league. Second is KD. Yada yada yada. Giannis is coming for that throne. Oh, I yeah. think, especially with all the injury histories and. We we are actually seeing this season that LeBron's not, or he is human, that he he does suffer injuries, that old age does affect him, and I think in the next couple of years Giannis is taking that number one spot as the best player in the NBA, being at the, at the age of 23, and the thing is is he doesn't even have a shot, he's not a jump shooter yet the guy averages over 28 points a game, yet the guy is absolutely insane offensively and defensively. He is killing it, and that's why. And he's leading the Bucks to the best record in the NBA right now. Yep. That's why he gets my vote for MVP. I agree. I like Giannis too, but I think James Harden just deserves it. It, it it's a it's a toss up between them two. I can I can definitely see it. I feel like though at the end of the day they're gonna give it to Giannis because he's on because of the Bucks record right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna end up going to him. The Bucks are just gonna win everything. Will they win the the NBA Finals though? TBD. We shall see. Now moving on, who do you who do you have for Rookie of the Year? Luca, Luka Doncic. I got him for Rookie of the Year. Dude has been playing out of his mind. He is only no, he's twenty now, I believe. Yeah, he came into the league nineteen. Now he's twenty, playing out of his mind. Almost made the All Star game, and Dallas is cooking something up after trading for Kristaps Porzingis and Luka Doncic best foreign team ever and Dirk Nowitzki <laughs> we can't about old man we can't forget about old man Dirk okay so now moving on defensive player of the year defensive player of the year is tough I have a lot of people I have Paul George 
who's rightfully so in the MVP conversation because of what he does offensively and defensively, which is why I'm going to go Paul George, mm-hmm. Defensive Player of the Year, because he's been he's he's taking the role of guarding the best the opposition's best player, and best guard, best forward, who, no matter who it is, and he's taken that role and succeeded at it like uh, at a very high rate. What are your thoughts on Patrick Beverly? <laughs> Pat Beverly. See, here's the thing with Patrick Beverly. When he was in Houston, absolutely hated him. When he came to the Clippers, fan favorite. That's the thing with Patrick Beverly. He's one of those play- he's got he's a smaller version of Draymond. You hate him when he's not on your team, but when he's on your team, you absolutely love him. Yeah. Cuz he brings that energy. Mm-hmm. He talks he talks that talk. He backs up his talk and he will he will get in the opponent's head and he takes the initiative to guard the best player on the floor. He was guarding LeBron, he was guarding Paul George, he guards Damian Lillard. So he takes the initiative and he shut down Paul George the other night. Yeah. Shut him down. I think Patrick Beverly deserves to be in the conversation because, like you said, people might not like him for his personality, but the way he plays defense, like he's very aggressive, hands on. Like he does not care. And that's how you're supposed to play. Yeah. Like when you're defending and you want someone to stop, that's exactly what you do. You get into their head, and then you just don't, you just don't leave him alone, and you just kind of, he's kind of, I feel like he's like annoying as hell. Yeah, and more than defensive technique, lateral quickness, all that stuff. I think heart is how how to play good defense. If you put the effort and you play with your heart and soul, that's that's a good defender, and that's exact. That's what Patrick Beverly is. So yes, I I can see him for defensive player of the year. Don't know, but all defensive first team, I can I can definitely see him. Yeah, I don't. Team. Yeah, I don't think about. I don't think he would be player of the year, but I think he does deserve recognition for the way he does play. Especially like, I mean, he was injured like a few years ago, so kind of just coming out of that, and it's been a couple years. But absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Okay, now who do you have for sixth man of the year? Six man like a Lou Will, two girls like a Lou Will. Uh. So is that Lou Will? Are you that is definitely Lou Will. <laughs> <laughs> the guy just dropped forty points on the Thunder. And then goes to, to the next game and drops 34 points. You know what's really funny, though, is if you ever go to a Clippers game, uh, every time, every time, Lou Will makes a shot, they play that song. Six man like a Lou Will. But hey. it just says Lou Will. Yeah. Lou does. Will, like, the whole time. And I we mean, don't love the North. But, I mean, he's got to find <laughs> no, that annoying. <laughs> no, but it's there's a reason why Drake said six man like I'm Lou Will. because he actually... You, you can argue with me. He's the best player to ever come off the bench. Best player to ever come off the bench in NBA history. Um, he just passed Del Curry the other night. Shout out to Lou Will. He passed, out, he passed up Del Curry for most bench points in his career, giving him the most bench points in NBA history. And if that's not six, man. And the dude's 31, 32. He's old, he but he still old. produces. He still balls like he's in his 20s. That's what I love about Lulu. Okay, so most improved player of the year. I love how I just said we don't we don't love the North. But the most improved player is going to be coming <laughs> from the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> I got Pascal Siakam. Siakam has been has stepped up in a big way. Um and he he's taking that initiative. He's taking that next step. He he is and a borderline all-star and he's very young 
and he, if he takes another step, he could potentially be a star in this league. Very tall, very lengthy, great defender, great offensive player too. I think he doesn't get enough credit for what he does on offense uh, because of his impact on defense. But Pascal Siakam, definitely my vote for most improved year, a player of the year. And I think for a lot, I can speak for a lot of people too. No, I agree with you. I think he does deserve it overall, but I think that speaking of tall, Brandon Ingram before kind of all these injuries, he was balling out like towards the end of this year. And to the point where every time they'd ask me an interview, oh my God, how do you play so well when your team's sucking? Where he's like, he doesn't even care anymore. But he's very focused and he, I really love the way he plays and he's super young. And I think he's gonna show great promise as long as he doesn't keep getting hurt. Yeah, but I think he's improved so much he's been a real threat shout out to brandon ingram what you just said about how they ask him about whether he had a good game or not but they lost and he takes the he he basically comes on and says like the team didn't win so it doesn't matter what i did yeah and that is depressing that it it, it is sad but it's signs of maturity Mm -hmm. and shout out to him at the age of 22 shout out to brandon ingram most improved player Yes, I can. He he definitely has improved a ton, especially in the in the latter half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think injuries. I don't think he may not because injuries. No, yeah, because of the injuries, I don't think he will. Um, but I think having LeBron on the Lakers is what helped him kind of just skyrocket. Because I mean, LeBron. I feel like I see LeBron as the dad of everyone, yeah, even the veteran players. Don't tell like that to Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving will get mad. Ooh. Yeah. Well. It's a good thing I don't know him on a personal level. <laughs> All right, guys. So we will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Passenger Side. I'm back for a new season with more music, more topics, and a whole lot of complaining. Tune into my show Thursdays at 8 p.m., only on Titan Radio. Welcome back. Now it is MLB time. So ESPN just released their top 100 MLB rankings, and we're going to talk about who didn't make it into the top 10. Now, I think the one who's kind of lower on the list should have been closer to top 10. He ranks it at number 22, Justin Verlander, the Houston Astros. What? Yeah, Justin Verlander is an ace, has always been an ace, no matter what team he goes to. And Houston is... Another, like just a different like another story like why he he should be in the top 10 i think maybe age is a factor why he wasn't in the top 10 maybe mlb experts thinks he might he he will still produce but he may take a step back because of because of his age i mean but a guy like justin verlander when you're going up against him like it's it's scary for sure and he's he's been a clutch player for the for houston Won a World Series with them. So, I mean, I think he deserves it. I mean, it looks according to the ESPN rankings, he did move up from 29 to 22. He was 29 last year, now he's 22. I still think he deserves to be higher. Now, one that I'm absolutely heartbroken over, Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Atlanta Braves. 
I'm surprised. I mean, last year he wasn't even ranked, which was very, very, very shocking to well, me. That's because he was a rookie this year. Or last year. He was a rookie. So I don't think – I think he took the MLB by storm. Um, but, yes, he is a hell of a player. Hello, player. Um, and he's so young. Ceiling is – the sky's the ceiling for him. Yeah. Um, top 20 – or he, he made it in the top 20 at number 20. Um, top 10, I think, just because he's still a little young – on the younger side. Yeah, I kind of got to show he's got more, but, yeah. I mean, he's so freaking talented. Yeah, I He's one be, of my favorite players to watch in the MLB. One I of would, my favorites. I would not be surprised if he does crack the top 10 uh, by next season. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so now moving on, Manny Machado. Now, I think Manny Machado is a great player. Do I think he's top 10? I'm not necessarily. I think he's at the number 19 spot. I think him and Robert, sh- him and Okuno should trade places. But at the very least, but I think Manny Machado is a good player. But like you said, age, veteran. Manny's been pretty consistent. He helped the Dodgers go to the World Series last year, and he was more so, I guess, one of the more consistent players in the postseason for the Dodgers. One of the only. Yeah, yeah. Now that we talk about, let's not bring that up though. <laughs> I'm gonna start crying. But um, yeah, I think I'm not super surprised. I think it's good that he is up on that list. I mean, he was just a part of a team that went to the World Series, and he. Now he's gonna be <laughs> chilling with the Padres. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this list phases <laughs> him out because yeah. he's sitting on a stack full of cash on the beach side. Yeah, he's been not caring. Yeah, seriously. That <laughs> may be good for him. I don't know. I think. I mean, I would have tried to win a World Series, but whatever. Some people really love that California sun. And moving on, JD Martinez, Boston Red Sox. I'm very surprised because... That he did or didn't make the top 10? That he didn't make the top 10. Mm-hmm. Because J.D. Martinez, he's a big power hitter. And especially with Boston, like everybody's seen, he he comes in and he'll... There's runners on. It's very rare that he'll leave a lot of runners on base, which is why which is why you'd want him on your team. Yeah, he rakes at the plate. Yeah. Um, had 43 homers in his first season and 36. And over 100 RBIs this past season. Dude rakes at the plate. Um, I think a little bit higher. Top 10. Eh. Maybe. It's a possibility. But that's what's so hard with these lists. Is that there's so many players that are well deserving of it. But there's Mm -hmm. only 10 spots. Right. Now moving on to the player I'm most annoyed with. Bryce Harper. He's at number 15. I think that he's at number 15 because he actually dropped down from, he was five last year in the 2018 ranking. Now he's at number 15. Maybe that's why. Maybe if he just wasn't so annoying and if he would have picked a team, he would have made it higher. So I agree with ESPN, whoever, and whatever analysts they gathered to make this list. Maybe they were sick of him because Bryce Harper is a freaking beast. They were a Dodgers fan for sure. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> that's why Machado was up there. Bitter. Bryce Harper's up there. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense now. It all makes sense. Um, but, no, Bryce Harper is one of the best players in the league, hands down. So I think that he definitely should have at least been in the number 10. <laughs> but like you said, I mean, or like I said, I should say, it's probably – I mean, it could have been an annoyance, but I think Bryce Harper, he really does have to kind of step up. He really has to step up this year. I'm excited to see what he does in Philly. Um, I think this year will determine – whether free agents will want to go play in Philadelphia or not. Um, yes, his contract, he has that contract that no trade clause, that no uh, opt-out. So he's, he's there to stay. 
Now let's talk about the top 10. We'll start at number 10. And at number 10, we have Jose Altuve, and he's on the Houston Astros. I mean, well-deserved. Well-deserved. Um, he was at number three last year, probably because Houston had just won the World Series. And he won World Series MVP. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. He won regular season MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dude, dude's a beast. Does, is great at all facets of baseball. Base running, hitting, power, fielding. Um, well-deserved in the top ten. Yeah. And now moving on to number nine, Chris Sale, Boston Red Sox. His projected ERA this year is 2-7, which is extremely low for starting pitchers. He, I mean, Red Sox have always been known to have a very, very strong bullpen. But, yeah, so this is definitely, well, yeah, very well deserved. I think he could have gone a little higher on the list just because, by the way, he can just really shut it down for long innings. Like, he's not, like, a closer. That's, like, a closer number with that ERA. So... But sometimes you don't even need a closer when you have Chris uh, Chris Sale on your team. True. Because he can go all nine innings mm-hmm. and shut teams out. Yeah. And I think he actually should have been a little bit higher because of what he did in the postseason, helping Boston win the World Series. Yeah. And so now we're moving on to number eight, Francisco Lindor, who's on the Cleveland Indians. He, I mean, I defensively, he's ridiculous. He plays that short, he plays shortstop. And he can move around that backfield area, so he's a speedster too. Yeah, was it? He was top five in the league in steals, no? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, he he's fast, great fielder, great hitter. He stepped up his hitting last year. As oh yeah, well. the the Indians. Thirty-eight home runs last year. Yeah, the Indians have something brewing up again. Yeah, they're they're. I mean, they were competitive last year. I think this year. Um, with the additions to the bullpen, that they're going to be very, very much more competitive. I'm really, honestly, excited overall about this MLB season because I really like how the teams are. There's not really one. I mean, Dodgers are stacked. Yank, I mean, Red Sox stacked. Houston's still kind of stacked, but I feel like it's kind of spread out. Like the playing field, I feel like the competition is kind of a little bit more even this year, which is good because then it's funner baseball to watch. Um, but moving on. To my one of my favorite players as well, Chris Christian Yelich, Milwaukee Brewers. He is extremely consistent. He is the definition of definition of calm, cool, and collected. And he goes up. To, he goes up. Does what he has to do every time. Which is why he won the MVP this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Christian Yelich, great player for Milwaukee. Um, and if if Ryan Braun can play to his MVP days, Ryan Braun. Milwaukee but, uh, Brewers could be deadly. I mean, they they almost were for the Dodgers last year. Yeah, they they gave the Dodgers their run for their money. Yeah, definitely. I don't. I mean, it shouldn't have been I think, that close. I think that's what all Dodgers fan all Dodgers fans were scared about Christian Yelich oh, in that series. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah, extremely terrifying. Because you know he's gonna come up, he's gonna do something to help the Brewers win. Luckily, Dodgers went, came through for themselves. But yeah, Christian Yelich is. I'm rooting for him. And now number six, at number six, Alex Bregman for the Houston Astros. Um, he, so he, he's just such a, he's a very, very good hitter. 
I don't think Alex Bregman gets the amount of recognition he doesn't that he deserves because of guys like Jose Altuve, mm-hmm. uh, Carlos Correa. But he moves guys around the bases too. He does. He's very good on the bases. And I think I think the fact I'm so happy that he got ranked number six this season because of what he did this past season. Um, he was very underrated going into last season, and I think this season now he is um, finally getting noticed. And people are finally realizing how great this guy is at third base and is arguably the best third baseman in the MLB right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, because now we're moving on to number five, Nolan Arenado. Beast. And he just signed another an extension of his contract with the too. Rockies. And now the Rockies, I think... Uh, the Rockies did very, very well last year for, I mean, for, you know, what they could do, obviously. But... Nolan Arenado is a beast. The Rockies are honestly lucky to have him because he could go to any team and get a big contract like that, but he decided to stay with the Rockies, which I think the Rockies have a lot of potential this year. There are a lot of things they need to work on. Um, I mean, I think it all goes down to pitching in the end of the day. Yeah, because they have power all over. Charlie Blackman, Mm -hmm. Nolan Arenado, all those guys. And I think Arenado's kind of – shut down that narrative of oh he's in Colorado he has that Colorado area that's why he hits dingers all day but you see him at any other stadium he's still hitting the ball far I, I've seen him in I've seen him in out of the park at Dodger Stadium that's so called one of the hardest stadiums to hit home run out of because of the the how it's on a hill yeah but yeah no I'm learn out of really excited to see what he's gonna do this year well deserved number four we have Jacob DeGrom for the New York Mets, um, I think he's ridiculous. Honestly, they have um, so Fangraphs has projected a strikeout total of two hundred and forty-eight, two hundred and forty-eight strikeouts in one season, and that's less than what he had last season. Exactly, he had two hundred sixty-nine last season. Um, so he's projected to do very, very well. I mean, he can shut it down. He is one of the strongest pitchers right now in the MLB, hands down. And just by his ball movement and then how fast he freaking throws. It'd be ridiculous. Now moving on to number three, Max Scherzinger of the Washington Nationals. Um, He actually went up one last year. He was at number four. Um, But I think he's also – he's obviously a really strong pitcher, I think, for the Nationals. Um, I don't think he got as much credit as he should have. But – he is definitely one of their like he's their ace, and I think the, with, I think with the Nationals this year, it's too bad they couldn't get Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, but that would have been but that would have kind of helped him out in the defensive side because then we can get more the Nationals can get more runs on the board with bigger hitters. But I think he's still going to do great this season. Yeah, Scherzer is a stud, is an ace. What could have been Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg if Steven Strasburg was. Steven Strasburg that everyone thought he was going to be. Maybe Bryce Harper would have stayed on the Nationals. I think that would have changed his mind. Um, Maybe. Maybe. Okay, so now moving on to our final two. Number two, Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, so first of all, he's very young. He's very, very good. And he is one of the Boston. I mean, he's one of the best players in this league, and he still is going to grow and become even better. Yeah, he, oh Mookie. Honestly, my favorite part about Mookie is how good he is and his swag. 
Dude just has so he does. much. He has so much swag to to his game, and he's actually one of my favorite players in the MLB, um, just because of what he does on the field. Dude's a stud, and yeah. and he has a lot of like big players around him too. That's kind of helped build him up as a player, which is very very important. Um, but yeah, I mean Red Sox. We're talking about a lot of Red Sox. So I mean, that's Red just Sox how are, good they are. They're just always gonna be. They're just always strong. Now, number one, you probably guessed who it is because we never mentioned him, and you know he's not below twenty-two. Mike Trout. Yeah, buddy. Mike Trout. Whether you love, I mean, I mean, it's really hard you, to you hate. Can't, you can't not. You love really him. can't. I mean, I think the only people who hate Mike Trout are Dodger fans, just because Dodgers then, Angels. But even then, yeah, Mike Trout is an amazing player. He's a great guy, and I, I don't know if the Angels are going to afford to keep him. I just when his year contract's up in two years, and if he goes to the Phillies with Bryce Harper. Oh man, yikes. that's his hometown, Philadelphia. I mean, I don't know how much he wants to say about Mike Trout. Um, He's an amazing player. You he's, don't have to say anything. He's like, the reason people go to Angels games. I know, right? He's the reason people watch Angels games. He's the reason anyone watches any kind of content. I mean, he does. we do have Otani on the Angels now, too. Otani-san. I love him. I mean, well, I mean, Otani definitely would not be in this list because he had the Tommy John surgery and everything. But Mike Trout deserves every recognition, all the accolades, everything. Let's just all hope for his sake that he does not get hurt and that he goes to a better team than the Angels. Yeah, it just, it just sucks how the Angels are wasting yeah. his um, talent. Because he, he can go down as the greatest player to ever play the game. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I do think, though, that the Angels this year, I think they're going to be a little bit more contending. They do have some a few couple additions to the bullpen, and I think that they're kind of like with the spring tra- with the spring training season if you've been watching like you kind of see like how they're kind of mixing things up on the lineup with these younger guys but it is spring training so it's a whole different game once you get to actual like regular season play but i think the angels are slowly making a comeback so hopefully i think their biggest thing is they just need to be healthy their starting rotation needs to be healthy cuz and last- pitching 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 yeah their their starting rotation just got injured almost every single starting pitcher got injured um and i'm just i'm hoping we know shohei otani to pitch this season because of tommy john but the angels ruined him by making him go both ways so often as they did like that is so stupid it's a dodgers fan just salty that no come to the dodgers no not even that like it was was his choice yeah but he wanted to he the, the, the angels wanted to shut him down early but he decided, and he even came out and said, "By not shutting me down was the best decision. I, it w- w- I, I do not regret making that decision." And yes, you can probably say, "Oh, that's because he won Rookie of the Year. If he wouldn't have won Rookie of the Year, would he have said that?" Eh, you don't know. Right. But he's the one that wanted to play. And yes, the Angels should have shut him down. But it's they're saying he should be able to hit within the first month. Yeah, of they're this saying new season. he's making a comeback very soon. I think he's already he's already played in a couple of spring training games at this point. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, that is gonna do it for this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in to the nosebleed. That's K N O W S bleeds because we know what we're talking about. But we sit in the nosebleeds because we what? We broke. Deuces, y'all. Yeah.